This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Flato. Let's take a trip to south-central Utah, into the Fish Lake National Forest. Our destination, the largest tree on Earth, an aspen named Pando. The strange part of visiting Pando is it doesn't really look like the world's biggest tree. You'll see rolling hills with thousands of tall, lean aspens swaying in the wind, and Pando is there, hiding in plain sight, because all of those tree trunks you'll see aren't actually tree trunks. No, technically they're branches. And that's because Pando is one massive tree, sprawling more than 100 acres with 47,000 branches growing from it. There's a lot to learn about Pando, and my next guest turned to sound to understand the tree better and created an acoustic portrait to hear all the snaps and splinters and scuttles that happen in and around the tree. Let me introduce them. Jeff Rice, a sound artist and co-founder of the Acoustic Atlas at the Montana State University Library. He's based in Seattle. Lance Odit, executive director of the nonprofit Friends of Pando, which is dedicated to preserving the tree. It's based in Ridgefield, Utah. Welcome to Science Friday. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Ira. Huge fans. Uh, thank you. You know, I, I described the picture of this tree. When I look at the picture of Pando, it does look like a forest, Lance, and not a single tree. What's going on here? Well, Pando is uh, a tree of one. We haven't known about it very long, but um, basically it's one seed, and that has split and sort of like a giant algorithm, it's spread out over time towards us in history. So all those trees are actually, as I said before, they're, they're branches. Yeah, so uh, they're genetically identical branches. Uh, they look like tree trunks to us. The botanical term is stems, technically, but most people think stems is like a weed in their yard or maybe something coming off a rose bush. These are fully sized parts of one tree that's all connected by this massive root system. Yeah, I know. I've, I've experienced that when I try to dig a hole for my plants and there are all these roots under there. You got it. Or, or branches, yeah. Are, are all aspens like this, Lance? No, but all aspen have the ability to self-propagate. The, the self-replication is actually a, a reproductive strategy. Um, often we see what are called aspen clones typically in response to some stress event. The tree will kind of, in human terms, of course, it's a tree, make a decision. Am I going to just try to do the pollen thing or am I going to just self-propagate? And so Pando has been self-propagating towards us in history for about 9,000 years. 9,000 years. What, what does Pando mean? Why is it called Pando? Boy, there's a lot of interesting history there around that, Ira. Typically, the people who discover something, you know, in the botanical world or in biology, they get to name it. Basically, they nicknamed the tree Pando, and that's Latin for eye spread. And they called it that because of how it spreads out over its landmass. It dominates the land that it calls home. It's it's a stable aspen. Wow. Okay, Jeff, let's talk about recording Pando. You, you hauled out your microphones next to Pando. You, you, why are you attracted to this? To this? What, did, what did you do, actually? Well, I've been recording sounds in the West for more than 20 years, and I've always loved the sound of aspen trees. I mean, it's really a defining sound of the West for me. Um, I love that delicate, um, you know, trembling sound of it. And so that's the first thing that attracted me, and I always like recording aspen, but just the, the chance to record the largest organism on Earth 
is just such an incredible opportunity. And I w- was interested in the challenges that that posed. You know, what does that mean to record s- such a large organism? And so I, you know, set about trying to record it from all different angles, from the leaves to the, to the roots. So you actually stuck your microphone into the trunks of the trees and down to the roots? Yeah, yeah. I started uh, recording, you know, traditional recordings like, you know, ambisonic recordings of, of the soundscapes, the birds and, and the leaves and the weather. But, you know, there's a, a great story about how we started recording the roots. Um, I wanted to find, a, you know, another way of, of listening to Pando. And I'd heard that trees make vibrations and that people have recorded those vibrations. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to record the roots of Pando? And I really didn't know what that meant. But, you know, I, I asked Lance if, if he could uh, show me where I could find some roots that I might be able to hook a microphone to. And Lance knows everything about Pando. He's been photographing the forest for for years, making one of the greatest photographic surveys of, of, of any tree. So he was able to show me some places where I could uh, put my microphone. And uh, we found a, a hole in one of the branches, essentially, at, at the base. And we were able to access the roots at that point and like plug the hydro- hydrophone in, sort of like plugging into a socket, really. Hmm. All right, let's take a listen. We have a recording of that. Let's hear that now. Wow. It sounds it sounds like we New Yorkers a subway train going by. <laughs> what, what 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 are we listening to? So that's the sound of, you know, the leaves, I think rattling on the tree in a in a thunderstorm a thunderstorm rolled in and it it created a lot of wind that then um blew the leaves that trembled and and the vibration of those leaves passed all the way through the tree right into the ground where we had the hydrophone and you know it's this delicate trembling sound is strong enough that it actually vibrates the earth in in a sense the story of that day, I mean, it's still exhilarating just to think about it. And it's great to be here with Jeff talking about that moment because we were just both like, wow, for the first time we're hearing kind of the, like we put a submarine in the ground and we're hearing Pando's subterranean soundscape for the first time. And I already knew there's a lot of applications for this, but hearing it after spending, what, seven years in the tree was just, I was literally jumping up and down for joy, Ira. Amazing. Lance, I assume that you know every inch of Pando. So what was it like hearing the sounds from underground? Did you hear anything new? It was exciting. And yes, we heard a lot of new things. We heard the sound of a storm traveling through one of these branches that can reach 80 feet into the sky. And mind you, Pando's homeland's already at about 9,200 feet. It moves between about 8,900 and 9,200 feet. In terms of the, the sounds themselves, Ira, learned a lot but when we first recorded it me and jeff were in the field he's like come here and it reminds me of that quote about what's exciting about science it's not oh well this is true or not true it's what's that yeah and so we're out in the field and this happened to be a sunny day and i'd scouted some locations for jeff and mind you panda's root system is so dense that the trees don't tend to break off at the foot or uproot like you see a lot in the Pacific Northwest or other parts of the world, they just literally kind of break off at the ground like a matchstick. And so it's hard to get into the root system. And Jeff's like, 
what's that? It was exactly that. It was, what's that? And that was exhilarating. Well, I can, I, I can bet. And I have a picture of Jeff walking around shaking a lot of branches, <laughs> figure, <laughs> figuring out what to record. Was it something like that? It was, yeah, it was very organic. I mean, it was an exploration, really, of, of Pando. And I didn't always know what I was going to find. And, and it was a, a real surprise that the second that I uh, put on my headphones and started listening to the, to the hydrophone, I heard a signal that I wasn't sure what it was. And yeah, we started exploring and, and, and actually, you know, wondering like, well, are we connected to the root system? And are these branches connected to each other by sound? And um, we started banging on trees um, in different parts of the forest away from the hydrophone. I think Lance walked about a, a hundred feet away from where we were uh, set up with the microphone and started banging on a tree and you could hear the sound passing through the ground into the hydrophone. Whoa, whoa, wow. Let me stop you there because I know you recorded this. Let's play a clip of this to hear what that sounded like. The thumps, they are subtle, but they are there. So the sounds are traveling almost 100 feet through the ground from tree to tree. When we were doing the, the banging on the tree, we don't know for sure that that was that banging was passing through the roots. You know, that could have been passing through the soil, and there need to be some you know real scientific studies to determine that. This wasn't a, a scientific expedition; it was a exploration and and of discovery. But you know, it certainly shows that the branches and the sound from the branches it's all interconnected, and I think that's the takeaway. You know, whether it's it's passing through the roots, they're, they're going to have to do some some special studies to really determine that. But it, it doesn't take away from the fact that it's interesting and that it's you know that that it shows an interconnectedness. Yeah, all the more reason to go out and study Pando some more. Yeah, we've been doing some research on the background based off just work to talk about how we can use sound, and there's a lot of really exciting developments there. That tell us, tell us. Well. We have a few. It's early, but I'll give you an example. Um, Pando's homeland is in a graben. That's the place where there's a like a fault line, and it's spreading apart because there's hot magma below. So Pando's landmass is littered with volcanic boulders and lava fields. So it's really hard to get a subterranean picture of the tree. So imagine then, you know, based on Jeff's work and some other work we're doing with other researchers, that we could use sound to literally trace the root system of Pando and identify how all that works to better take care of the tree. Hmm. And so would you learn about the soil and water flow and things like that, and maybe even the wildlife living there underground? Absolutely. So yes, we can definitely look at soil quality. We can look at water. As far as wildlife, Jeff did record wildlife, and, and we have plans to set up audio conservation systems or bioacoustic stations mm. in the tree this year to help us with wildlife. Then when you're looking at water, nutrient transposition, disease, things like that, it's it's reasonable to assume that trees that aren't doing so well may have different frequencies because aspen are water-hungry trees. And so basically each of these trunks is acting like a transducer. We may be able to use sound in a way. So beyond the subterranean, there's a lot of work that this could help us with above ground as well, Ira. Interesting. Jeff, one of my favorite recordings you made is a little mystery critter that your hydrophone picked up. Let me play that clip for us now.
Like a buzzing. What what is that? That was the question I asked when I first heard it. <laughs> you know, these recordings, uh, typically I make them in the field and I don't get to hear them until I get back to the studio. And I was just listening uh, in the studio to the the underground recording and suddenly I heard this little voice and I I just was stopped in my tracks. I thought, what is that? Uh, again, that, that question, what is that? And uh, I, I think it's just, it might be a, a beetle or something. Um, you're always discovering new sounds when you're, when you make recordings and there's a lot to the underground soundscape. Lance, do you have any guesses of what that might be? So I feel somewhat confident to say that that was the sound of foxes and burrows. Our field crews are trained specifically to watch out for those because they'll dig them under giant juniper bushes and they are very deep. So my assumption is it could have been a bird call, it, but most likely it was foxes underground because Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't that recorded during the storm? It was recorded uh, during the thunderstorm, although I would disagree that it's a fox. This is this is the kind of thing that we go back and forth on, Ira. But Yeah, I, I imagine. It's pure speculation as to what it is, but somebody ha- has told me that it, they thought it was a beetle, and that's what it sounds like to me. But uh, whatever it is, it's, I call it the mystery creature, and it's just an indication that there's a mystery world beneath uh, the tree in, in the underground uh, substrate. This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Flato. In case you're just joining us, I'm talking with Jeff Rice, a sound artist and co-founder of the Acoustic Atlas that's at Montana State University Library, and Lance Odip. Executive Director of the nonprofit Friends of Pando, and together they created an acoustic portrait of the largest tree on Earth named Pando. What is the health of Pando? Is it is it flourishing? Is it being threatened? There is some research that has suggested that it's dying, um, but what people have to remember is that Pando it regenerates itself, and that's a hormone cycle, and so the hormone cycle that sends regeneration has not ended. Mm. Well, we know that it's still doing the hormone cycle that that basically when a branch falls, a bunch of that, that hormone material goes back into the root. The root goes, hey, send another one up. I got to balance energy production, regeneration and defense. Um, in terms of like collapse and things like that, Ira, there's been some data that suggests that we're heading in that direction and there are models to abate that. And we are official partners with Fish Lake National Forest dealing with those issues. But again, there are models for what is called Aspen collapse and Pando is nowhere near that by the best models or estimates. So while there is a lot of headlines to that effect, we just need to know more. It's early, Ira. It's only been uh, 14, 15 years since we just really said, oh my gosh, this thing is really here. It's the largest tree in the world. Um, it's a tree that redefines tree, what a tree can be, what a tree can mean. Incredible. Jeff, obviously, as a radio person, I love sound. I've dealt with it most of my life. But what do you, as a sound recordist, what do you take away from all of this? Why do you take such care to record the sounds of our world? You know, partly just fascination, but I always learn so much when I turn on my microphone. And the more I recorded you know, Pando, the more I learned about it. And, you know, my goal was to really figure out what's the sound of the the world, one of the world's largest organisms. And what I came away 
you know, understanding was that sound is lots of different things. You know, it's the it's the birds that live in the tree. It's the the foxes and the insects underneath the ground. It's the leaves and the the earth shaking in the, in the storm. It's the weather. Um, it's all connected, and and so I think that's the true voice of of Pando, and that's what excites me about recording is is just getting a sense of that interconnectedness of the soundscape. Well, you know, there's that old Clint Eastwood song, I Talk to the Trees, and I guess now we could say the trees are talking back to us. So thank you both for taking time to be with us today. Fascinating stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Ira. Jeff Rice, a sound artist and co-founder of the Acoustic Atlas at Montana State University Library. He's based in Seattle. And Lance Odit, executive director of the nonprofit Friends of Pando, based in Ridgefield, Utah.